This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 337, and tonight it's still Pride Month. Yay! Happy Pride! We're taking a look at the 2020 drag slasher opus, Death Drop Gorgeous. And joining me on this journey to the dark side of the rainbow are two very special guests, Jason Bintar and Peter Adamson. But before we go one step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I've been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes, which isn't going to be hard this time because this movie's already super gay to start with, but that's not the point right now. And so, my beautiful screamers, thank you for joining me on the second leg of our journey to the dark side of the rainbow. We like to think that the LGBT community is this one big homogenous community and we all get along all the time, but you know what? It's really not true. And sometimes we don't like to have that pointed out. But you know what a really great way to get people discussing issues is to address the many, many, many prejudices lurking underneath the shiny surface of the queer community, but then package it all in a movie that's glitzy, fun, fabulous, and gory as fuck. As Mary Poppins famously said, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And, my beautiful screamers, we're about to go down, down. The blood-splattered, glitter-coated road that leads to death drop gorgeous. Of course, to fully discuss Death Drop Gorgeous, we are going to have to spoil the hell out of it. So if you have not seen the movie yet, it is available right now on Shudder. It is also for free on 2B TV. So go check it out. Come back and let's get down to business. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Me, we're going out on the town. Where are you going tonight? The Outhouse's Halloween party is their biggest of the season. Oh, you didn't hear? Just a heads up, but there is a guy that's going to meet us there at the bar. What have you got? You little slut. Help! (laughs) Get a new job. Rent's coming up. You want your job back. Tony, I'll take any shift you can give me. Tuesday! Tuesday with Gloria Hall! You're gonna be working at the same bar as Janet. Who are you? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Why even bother asking? She's so much prettier than me, it's not fair. Bitch. You can always find beauty in tragedy. Kill for your skin. Hi, yo, Hera. The body count of gay men continues to rise in Providence. Four dead bodies? You think people ain't gonna talk? Whether you like it or not, it looks like we got a serial killer on our hands. 
people at your bar are dead and that could have been me. We could be next. <gasps> Any more questions, detective? Watch, watch the teeth. Do me a favor. Mail that death drop. I've never done a split for an empty room. I always finish my number. Ooh, it's the vampire. Kicking off this Pride Month celebration, we're going to take a look at the dark side of the rainbow. And that sounds really weird and creepy, so I need some very weird and creepy people to come along with me. My favorite weird and creepy people. One, I used to sing with in the New York City Gay Men's Chorus. He is my gentle, simple shepherd. The other one, you'll know I've talked about him a lot from Underpants Cadeau. And you know, met both of them before, wondering popcorn, wondering all about evil. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to the Scream Queen studio, Peter Adminson and Jason Pintar. Yeah. Yes. Welcome. America. Thank you, hey. Patrick. It's Adamson, but it's Adamson, but you know what? I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Of course you will. You'll be whoever I say you are. <laughs> wow, that friendship right there. Happy to be right here. There. Happy to be here. You know, Pierre, I thought of this before, you, just while I was waiting for you to come on. Do you know my very first day in the chorus, I sat next to you and you intimidated the shit out of me. You scared the hell out of me. <laughs> well, you were really good. I was like, you're so good. Is that right? Well, that's nice to hear. Uh-huh. I, usually, I usually instill the opposite reaction in people, so. Abject yeah. fear. Uh, just <laughs> contempt, contempt and scorn, usually. All right. I, I was young and easily impressionable. Was like, that was like 2002, 2003, or it I was. Oh know. God, I don't. It was. Oh God, it was, it was that. Uh, you know what? They, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody, nobody cares. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Jason tor- maybe does. So, Jason, last time I talked to you, you were off doing shows in Florida. That is correct. I was in Sarasota for five months. Singing uh, some pop music Ooh. from the 50s and 60s with three other fellas, entertaining uh, the local folk. Had a good time. Had a good time. No complaints. Lots of doo-wop. They love stuff like that. I've often thought that I was born in the wrong era because I was born to be a backup doo-wop singer. I've thought that about you <laughs> since the day I met you. How dare you? Okay. The movie that we are here to talk to you about is a little ditty from 2020, a super independent, super low budget film called Death Drop Gorgeous. Now, Peter, you've been here somewhat recently. You were here just a little while ago to talk about Popcorn. Jason, it's been a hot minute. True story. It's been a hot minute since All About Evil. So, Jason, you're going to have to pay the toll. I'm going to need you to give me a nice, tight 30 second plot summary of Death Drop Gorgeous. No pressure, but the clock is now! Oh gosh, uh, a bartender and uh, an, an older drag queen uh, navigate their their lives uh, in Providence uh, amidst uh, mass murders of uh, of queer people and uh, gay gay things happen and. And, and death happens. Time, time, time. That's Cut that short. That was a great button. Peter, do you have anything you want to add? <laughs> no, no, that was great. Thank you. And gay things and happen. Gay things happen. <laughs> it's the best Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It, gay things happen. Okay. 
Right. So this this movie, it's been on everybody's radar for a long time. You've met the guys who made it several times. They've been on the show. They've talked about other movies. One of the things that amazes me about this movie is that basically you had these four like burly, hairy dudes decide to make a horror movie. No film experience, not actors, nothing. And they made it happen with no money. Did they ever? The problem is I'm a little too close to the movie. So I don't want to be close. I don't it's want okay. my I don't want my enthusiasm for it to bleed over onto whatever shit you're going to bring. <laughs> well, I, as somebody, I have no, I, I don't know the filmmakers at all. They're all new faces and names to me. So, you know, seeing this for the first time as, as somebody, I, I loved it. I loved it. No, I seriously <laughs> did. I seriously did. And it, was, it wasn't really till the end that it really tied it all together. I, I thought it was a little messy in its storytelling until the very end. And I was like, wow, that, that was great. That tied it up really nicely and wrapped it up nicely jason overall opinion overall opinion uh yeah it doesn't take itself too seriously uh and as you mentioned before super low budget and they just wanted to make a movie and they did which is great i appreciate the the practical effects used you know for the 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 death scenes and some some very clever death scenes specifically specific ones that i had never seen before in a horror film which yeah. i'm sure will come up <laughs> during the course of this episode oh they yeah. oh they sure yeah. will oh they sure yeah. will but uh no i had See, a good time i had a real good time Good. Yeah. That's what I wanted to know because I know both of you guys are twisted and you like John Waters. So I figured like this is like John Waters made a slasher movie. Absolutely. Yes. It's got all the rough edges. It's not trying to hide the rough edges and, and it kind of plays into the rough edges, mm -hmm. but it also has something to say too, which I also really found unique about it. I called it the little horror movie that could because like I said, it wasn't just these guys got together and raised the money and made this movie with nobody with any real filmmaking experience at all. But as, as the project progressed – all these people started coming out of the woodwork like there was a there was a rough cut of the movie and it was starting to get around. And like the the, the people from Dragula came out and said, we want to help you polish up your special effects. And uh, all these artists came out were like, please use my music, please use my music. Linnea Quigley, Scream Queen, just showed up for the day and was like, I'll be in your movie. So I, I, the, all these wonderful things happened and it went up on the New York Times. It went up in the New York Times on their one of their five best horror movies of that year. So good for good them. For them. Like you said, it is very John Waters horror gig. You know, the, the Providence-Baltimore uh, connection, it, that's a really apt comparison because it, it could only be made in Providence, right? It's Providence is as much a character in the movie as Baltimore is in a John Waters movie. Absolutely. My beef with the movie is that it's too long. It's like 20 minutes too long. But the stuff that I would cut is the love letter stuff to Providence, which is what's giving it its flavor so I wouldn't cut it. You know, all the local drag queens and all the local places, you know, it's like when, when they're screening that in town, everyone's going bananas. I don't want to take that away because that's, that's part of it. These are the people who put up the money to make the movie. So, yes, let them have their fun. I don't mind it. So. Right. I agree with you. And I would also say I feel like the the reveal came maybe like five to ten minutes early. Like it was so early on in it. I would have wanted the twist maybe a little bit. Not the twist, but the, uh, the reveal uh, a little bit later. But that said, there was some cool things that happened after that. So I, I get why. The, the transformation. She got so pretty. So pretty, hypnotic pretty, but we're not we're there. Not there we're not there yet. Yes. Okay, I just have to get this out of the way right now. Who is your favorite character in the movie and why is it tragedy? <laughs> tragedy. What did the body look like? Lost. It was tragedy for me. I and knew it would be tragedy. Somebody else and, would love tragedy. <laughs> and I watched, it, I, wa I watched it with the captions and it's tragedy with an I, just so tragedy. you know. 
They can't see that, Jason. <laughs> they can't see my snaps. That's that's. I forgot you're not. Yeah. Yes, we're, there's a video element, but that will be not be on the He did the something filthy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be on the Scream Queens only. Don't fans. listen to him, friends. I was merely giving snaps and props to my dear friend Peter and his, his analysis. That's what was happening. Uh, my favorite was not tragedy. I mean, I I loved Gloria. You can paint up any kind of child, Tony. <laughs> and you can even have a child do cartwheels all across your motherfucking stage. But don't you ever forget that I will always be the first lady of Providence. I think uh, the actor who who played Gloria, whose name now escapes me, I thought was fantastic. That was that was a slam dunk as far as casting goes, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Uh, hold on one second. That would be uh, Peyton St. James, uh, actual name, Michael McAdam. Michael McAdam. Bravo, brava. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This movie got robbed because it came out. It was set to come out mid-pandemic. Like, so nobody was screening it. Nobody wanted to look at it. So it got to do some, like, some regional film festivals and... Peyton St. James swept them, like won all kinds of – actually, the movie did too. It was audience favorite, a bunch of them too. So, But uh, that's actually what sold me on the movie. I I was watching – when they told me about the movie, and my listeners have heard this a thousand times. When when I was talking to Brandon, the guy who played um, Tommy Two Fingers, who was the person who contacted me about the film, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I get pitched a lot of movies. People want to pitch their movies. And gay horror movies tend to be like even worse than like gay romance movies. It's just (laughs) – it's awful. So I was not sold. So I spent most of the movie, like the, the first half of the movie, like, okay. Gloria Hull shit up. And I was like, wow. I could not take my eyes off Gloria. Like whenever Gloria's on camera, she, it, it's stunning. She's a stunning performer. Absolutely. So what's happening? So we have this little town, this gay thing's happening. What specifically is happening? <laughs> Jason. Uh, so Dwayne is the character's name. Am I correct? Trying to remember all these specifics. Dwayne, Wayne, du- Tito. Du- they, they, they he gets called so many things, and I feel for him from from the get go. He returns uh, to his old stomping grounds. This this bar. Does the bar have a name? Did they mention the bar by name? The outhouse. The outhouse. Actual outhouse. The outhouse. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, returns to the outhouse, looking for uh, for employment again. He used to work there. He had gone to was it Maine, doing something in Maine. He's up in New England. We're lame. Some with lesbians. I don't know. What <laughs> he went to he went to lesbianic Maine uh, and was living living his gay life. So Maine, so, so Maine. Uh, and then he's he's uh, things didn't work out uh, to his benefit, and now he's 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 back uh, at his old stomping ground and uh, trying to reclaim his life. Maine doesn't go for booze and dope, so you came crawling back to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, and he has to uh, to reach out to uh, the aforementioned Tommy Two Finger Tony Two Fingers Tommy Tony Tony, Tony Two Fingers, aptly named. Uh, he has two fingers for much of the film. Uh, who uh, who uh, gives him his job back? So uh, you want your job back, Tony? I'll take any shift you can give me. Can I get you to push some of this shit around? I got a guy, but he keeps going back short. He's a fucking junkie. That's that's not the kind of job I was looking for, and I, I don't really think I'd be any good at that. Nah, I suppose you wouldn't be, would you? Look, I'm not short on bartenders, but you're a hard worker. I remember that. Come in on Tuesday night. I'll squeeze you in. Are Tuesdays still karaoke? That's all I got right now. So no, don't come in here asking for you, more. Thank you. Tuesdays fine. The client's the same as it used to be. Got a younger crowd now. Different speed. 
But do they still call you Tony Two Fingers? <laughs> yeah, I'll see you Tuesday's a cool. I'll see you Tuesday, Tony. Thank you. Thanks. Who the fuck am I gonna get to push this shit around? So big deal. So this guy comes back to town. I'm bored. I'm bored. What's what's going, Peter? Peter, what scary is going on? Well, at one point, isn't it? I think a reporter, maybe the cops. I, I wrote this down here because it's such a great line: "Serial fag killing vampire with a taste for blood." That's where we get to. <laughs> That's where we get to. They found another body. Dragged me from the club. Also drained. Well. Looks like we got ourselves a serial fag-killing vampire with a taste for blood. That's where we get yeah. to. I love that it's yeah. a vampire with a taste for blood. That distinction is not lost on me. <laughs> yeah, that was Officer O'Hara, Michael A. Heard one of the writers, directors. So, yeah. In, in case they thought it was a, va- a vampire with a taste for cilantro or something like that. <laughs> You know, we need we needed to make it clear with a taste for romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> a taste, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, gay men are also getting knocked off in this town, being found completely drained of blood, and the serial killer is nicknamed the Vampire. One of the things that also struck me about this movie that I really enjoy about it, you know, getting away from the plot, because I don't want to go plot by plot moment because it's a convoluted plot. There's a gabillion characters and there's lots of shifting parts going on that all like Peter said is a hot mess until it all or was it Jason until it all comes together in those last few minutes. One of the things that, that started to hit me and I was started to take notes of things that come up. It brings up a lot of issues about what is, in fact, the dark side of the rainbow, really ugly things about the gay community, but they don't bring them up as issues. It's just here we are in the plot. And since we already brought it up, the fact that nobody can get Dwayne's name right because he is of mixed race. Do I know you? Um, sort of. I used to work here before. Is it Tito? Dwayne. 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 Elaine. Dwayne. Mitchell. Dwayne. All right, Shane. Listen, uh, two shots of whiskey. And the good stuff, not that cheap shit. I got my eye on you. Everyone's always telling, no, I'm not in the black guys. Not in the black guys. No, n- nobody, n- nobody but Brian gets his name right, the whole movie, his, his best friend. That casual racism that happens sometimes in the gay community, that, mm-hmm. you know, making race be an issue for a laugh. It's a very dark side of the gay community. Very dark. Yeah, and nobody talks about it, or very little talking about it. But the one that's more obvious is the one that's also, you know, really central to the plot is the the ageism. Like, Gloria Hole is this like we said, she's fabulous. She's a fabulous older drag queen that nobody gives a shit about. They're, they're everyone's gaga about these younger drag queens who are like, eh, they're okay. But like I said, we, we can't take our eyes off Gloria Hole. But everyone's like, oh, Gloria, she's <laughs> who yanked her out of her sarcophagus <laughs> on a Tuesday. It's awful. They're awful to her. Whatever happened to Gloria Hole? Who is Gloria Hole? Gloria Troll? What happened was. Whiskey, gravity, and some basic song choices. Janet Fitness is the future of drag. And the bingo, <laughs> the repeated bingo references. Oh. You know, that's a whole bingo hall. That's just that sort of, you know, symbol for age. Bingo. That's the life of the drag queen. Like you're just one day you're a superstar, the next just you're, you're, you're dishing out fruit salad at bingo. <laughs> it's, 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 it's part of the stages of drag queen life, unfortunately. But yeah, all these things get touched on. Like, uh, like I said, uh, racism, ageism, elitism. Like Brian, Brian is always like, oh, oh what did he? What does he say to him at one point? Uh, he moved. Uh, Dwayne moves in with his best friend Brian, played by Christopher Talpy, who I, <laughs> I really enjoy in this movie because he's wonderful. He's the best friend character, and he is the best friend, but he's also an absolute monster. 
Yeah. Like he's a horrible yeah. person, but a great friend. He's, which I think is really fun and complicated. And we, we all on, know people it. like him, like Brian. That's the funny thing is immediately when he came on, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, just a heads up, but there is a guy that's going to meet us there at the bar. What? Don't be weird about it. He's just some guy that I met off counter. So I'm the third wheel. No. It's not like that at all. Listen, he's a grad student, super handsome, and did I mention a child? Oh, it was just something about like they were just they were just talking about. I, I don't remember exactly what happened. I'll play the audio for it. It'll make it easier. But Dwayne was like, "Oh, sorry, I gotta go to work." Look, it's getting late. I gotta go to work. Dwayne, there is nothing wrong with being working class. There's no, no shame in being working class. <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> I did like his dinnerware, but, but, uh, though. I'd want to point that out. He had fantastic mint-colored dinnerware uh, in, in that kitchen, which I thought popped. Excellent. It's beautiful. Excellent. Give him props there. Brian, I think, is fabulous because he's like this. He's 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 very flamboyant. He gets the subject of some anti-femme stuff right at the top. Dude, I'm not feeling this. What? No offense, but I like dudes who act like dudes. Excuse the mouth. And for the record, I'm not into blacks either. So you know what? I'm going to go get a drink, and you guys do your own thing. Sorry, I like men who act like men. But he's got some of the best lines of the movie, and, and one of my favorites <laughs> among many was when someone said, Brian, stop being so dramatic. And he goes, dramatic? People at your bar are dead, and that could have been me. Dramatic? I'm being dramatic while like popping jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all these these things happen like police corruption, elitism, drug abuse, gentrification. Okay, my second favorite character in the movie. I have to pull this up. Hold on just a second because I want to show you what my favorite character. They won't see it at home, but I really need you to understand why I love this character. Uh, my favorite character in the whole movie. My second favorite, Baby Side Eye. when we see baby side eyes sorry there's that wonderful scene with gloria hole sitting on a park bench like looking out at the river and just smoking angrily and like plotting world domination or whatever she's doing and that young mom comes jogging by with the stroller and and the baby's just can't that's the only shot of the baby and it's throwing the most vicious side eye i love this baby (laughs) but it was just like yeah i mean it didn't never said it out loud it's like yeah this was my neighborhood and it used to be really great and gay and now look who's here morning hold on baby mommy just got a tire shoe we get moms with kids and strollers fuck you (laughs) fuck you you, providence grimy tiny piece of shit amazing okay goodbye baby son (laughs) (laughs) you know that gentr that idea of gentrification you're right i i i hadn't put that in there but it the movie is working on a lot of different levels. so It really that. is, because it's not in your face about it. It's not making a point about it, which I think makes it much more discussable, because it's not an issue. Right. It's an issue movie. It doesn't forget what it is. It's, it's here to give you, like, glitter and sequins and gore and oily pecs, and you get them all. Well, and at the time I saw that, I thought that was them making a commentary on Gloria, but it was really them making a commentary on Providence and, and the gay it's culture. Both. So, it's both. Yeah. Well, really? yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm so woke. I live in a community with a drag queen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's like, ew. <laughs> Who's she? <laughs> I don't know her. Take some money, buy a new wig. It now one looks like an old gum rag. 
Why don't you get yourself a new wig? That one looks like a goddamn cum rag. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of great lines in this film. Damn, he had great abs. That was one of my favorites. (laughs) It sort of reminded me of Heather's with the finding the dead bodies in the woods. Yeah, yeah. I did also like one of the other things that I like to bring is that nobody really gives a shit that people are getting killed. And it's like, eh. Just going about our business. Yeah. Gotta go party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it did say Provincetown LGBTQA community is really upset and scared in the little. Yes, it did. <laughs> so sums it up. We didn't really we didn't see it. Well, there was that one man on the street that said about the gay marriage line. I can't remember. It was a great line. We didn't just get gay marriage just to get murdered. We didn't just get gay marriage just to get murdered. That whole that whole thing, but then it was very John Waters. Yeah, <laughs> the, yes. the, the grieving mother who's just all about her blog. <laughs> she pushes her blog the whole time. Closing the door slowly. That was a great little cameo. <laughs> the moment that sold this movie when I actually, I mean, when Gloria popped up, I was like, "Oh, who's that?" The part that sold me was when she got up to perform her number on Tuesday night, whatever it was, and there's nobody there, and it's this beautiful ballad, and she's selling the shit out of it. And she just stops in the middle and just looks around and goes, fuck this. Fuck this. I love yep. that. I'm, I'm in. I don't care what the rest of the movie is. Like this, you could have made a whole movie about Gloria Hole without a slasher and I would have been in. Yeah, same. Amazing. I've been in that hole. Right in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> It's Amazing. well used. You can get in there easy. There's always room for everybody. <laughs> One of the things I enjoyed too with the gore, which you can tell the stuff that was added. And what I liked is that a lot of some of the kills you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, we're going there. Uh, we did that. But a lot of the times they'd start going on for too long and then it would get gross. I'm like, oh, now it's not fun anymore. Oh, now it's just, oh, nasty. Those little extra moments of the, uh, <laughs> the, the The entrails moment was, um, it went on, just kept Ooh, going. More. Just kept going. <laughs> just, just kept going. Yeah. It was like a kid's magician act. Yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> pulling, out, pulling out the scarves. Yeah, oh my. They can't see no, that so, either. Again, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm, I'm a visual performer. Um, yeah. It was hot, but it was you, hot when you just did. You. I gotta say, I'm a, I'm, a, um, I'm a little sweaty. I'm a little sweaty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so people might be wondering, so I'm jumping around a bit. This is how we go here because it's hard to do when it's a movie like this. Like I said, it's so complicated. But okay, you said you love tragedy. Who's tragedy and why do you love her so much? Who's tragedy? Well, she's a bit of a cipher at first. You you sort of think at of her first? as a, <laughs> She's cryptic well, think, throughout. That's what you <laughs> think of her as, well, yes, she's definitely, but you, you think of her as sort of that new wave of drag queens that's low on talent, but like high on <gasps> style sort of thing. But she ends up being a, a key to the plot. I don't know, Jason, mm-hmm. if you want to take it from there. Sure. I mean, she doesn't say very much. Like, we, we see her and re- they reference her and, and she's present, but like, she doesn't really say or do to it. She's just kind of looming throughout. And so we, we as as the viewing audience, we have suspicion from, from the get-go, uh, just going, okay, shit's going down. Who do we look at? The weird one. But there's yeah. a few characters that just show up for little one-off scenes. This is true. Like the one kind of bearish, the one bearish bartender, you know, that... 
that all sort of have memorable cameos, but don't really do much mm-hmm. other than what we think is just to add to the the wallpaper. But but not so with tragedy. <laughs> she's she's what we would classify, I believe, as spooky drag, for want of a better word. She's spooky, spooky drag. drag. Yes, yes, yes. Without being full on horror, but there's always something spooky about it. what I love about tragedy. Like the minute we meet tragedy, the first time we meet her is when Dwayne first comes to the bar and it's not open yet, and she's swamping the floor. <laughs> <laughs> But like dressed to the nines, like it was this Carol Burnett moment, like the opening of Carol Burnett. And I'm like, what? And nobody oh, references that. it. Nobody did. Nobody. She doesn't say anything. Nothing happens. But every time she's on on screen, she's doing something weird that nobody calls any attention to. There's a scene later on where she's just like she's got a shot glass up on turned upside down on the bar and she's doing like the planchette of a Ouija board. <laughs> she's like doing a Ouija board reading. <laughs> she's on stage on Tuesday night with the audience of two people playing her theremin. Just, I, like, I love tragedy. <laughs> what are you doing? I really <laughs> wanted her to be doing at some point something very wholesome <laughs> and uh, like, like macrame or needlepoint or something. Like, I think that would have been like a nice little twist in addition to all the just very odd things. I would have loved that. But that's just me. That's just me. Sure, yeah. sure. I but see she that. does do a variety of odd things. The moment that I realized there's going to be something more to tragedy, and I'm not saying she's the killer. I'm just saying that it's like we have some surprises with tragedy that will go on down the road that we're not going to spoil. But uh, there's some su- the first time I realized there's something up with the tragedy, they cut the, – there's the two drag queens, the two – I don't want to call them lesser drag queens, but they're not major to the plot, sitting at the mirror doing their makeup and dishing everybody else. And they said, oh, they're trying to find out what – what Audrey, Audrey, Audrey yeah, they want to know why Audrey Harper is in jail again. And they're like, tragedy, do you know? And they cut to tragedy, and tragedy is like cutting a pomegranate in a completely white outfit without a stain on her. I'm like, ooh, that's some that's some witchcraft right there. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of fruit that gets cut up in this movie. If you know. It's a lot, it's a fruit. Well, you know, there's a lot of literally, literally and figuratively. And figuratively. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> there's a whole muskmelon scene of cantaloupe. Yeah, the the segues from certain scenes were were pretty brilliant. I'll give them that. I think that was that was part of one, if I'm not mistaken. That was segue. It was either from uh, from a killing or something sexual that was going on that we went then then got to the uh, the fruit cutting scene again with with. I think it was cutting. it was it was uh, Tito giving him a blowjob, and then it went right to. Uh, the musk man. There we go. Then and there's a segue with uh, with sausage uh, earlier on in the film, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was again food food segue. It's nice. Since we're there, this is the scene everybody talks about. So we're not spoiled. It's in the trailer, the glory hole scene. Yeah, that's sort of showing the dark side of the gay of the rainbow too. Like you know the idea of men to just stick it in anywhere. I mean, clearly, <laughs> no one should have should put their dick into a. <laughs> Black groping sarlacc pit. <laughs> Not just anywhere, but into some like Dexter murder scene it, with all the plastic. And- <laughs> and he, he had to go into a, like a bulkhead. Doors. Get in the basement. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it. Like, no, no, no. It's 3 a.m. No, no, no. Like every warning bell should have been going off and you're not coming out of that bulkhead again, sir. But he doesn't. <laughs> it's also great that this character has been established as a complete yeah. asshole. It's supposed to be Brian's date for the evening that he met on Pounder. Not Grinder, Pounder, which I thought was very clever. And and he's he's blown off Brian. Because he's like, sorry, Brian, you're too fam. Sorry, Tito. That's not, you're, you're, I'm not into black guys. We hate him already. So he gets his hook up on the way home and he goes to this, uh, the ba- yeah, come, just come in, just come in, just blow and go. He sticks his dick in the glory hole and what happens? Are we spoiling? It's in the oh, trailer. Okay, I missed that part. Uh, he gets this, it, 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 there's a meat grinder. Yeah, he gets his dick on the meat grinder and it's very gruesome. Hey, why'd you stop?
suck it or not? Watch, watch the teeth. Dude, watch the fucking... They, they used a very, uh, I felt, effective uh, prosthetic penis. I concur. I, yeah, concur. Yeah. It looked good. It, 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 I spe- this, is my, this is my seventh or eighth time to the movie, and I was wa- very specifically watching the penis scene. And I've got the DVD now, so I was watching like the behind-the-scenes stuff. No, it actually looks really good. It looks like a dick, not like a dildo. Yeah, agreed. Looks like a dick, not like a dildo. <laughs> you got jingles in you, bub. Well, it was, it was the easy spirit. Eh, you know, looks like a <laughs> pump, feels like a sneaker. <laughs> But with genitals. But my whole thing is I'm like, you know what? Killer, mad, creepy killer. Don't you know you got to put it through the grinder three times? Three (laughs) times. And I've got two musical theater queens who've got that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the Sweeney. That was was beautiful. (laughs) Sweeney for you weenie, baby. Does the sausage scene happen after that? that yes, that's the direct cut. That would have been a good segue. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, that's one of the scenes they're talking about. Like you see, you know, <laughs> the, it's like the grinding's happening, and it's you're not really seeing anything. It's the pull away when he pulls away, and like there's a nerve that stretches all the way across the room. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of like ripping sinew and that sort of stuff. I loved it. Sinew is a great word. <laughs> sinew. Oh my god. <laughs> Very yeah, John. That scene went on for way too long, but it's perfect. I mean, yes, it, it, yes. Just, it, it, like, it took it away from ha ha. That's funny to, to horror. Back to horror. Like, okay, now this is horrible. <laughs> In the best way possible. So I'm not knocking it. I mean, it's already the worst thing a gay man can imagine is having your dick ground up into meat. Like, that's literally the worst thing. Moment of silence. No, moment of silence. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell me about Janet Fitness. Love the name. Good God. Jason, I only got the joke this morning when I wrote it out. Oh, seriously? And I've seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, my gosh. Because they always call her Janet. I never put the fitness bat part to it. And then once I wrote it, I'm like, oh, I get right. it now. Derp. Right. <laughs> and, and she's always – go ahead. She was the mix of – Sweat into the oldies and nine to five, which I thought was zapped. Indeed. Always in aerobic wear, which is uh, delightful. But, but who's Janet? Who is Janet? Who is she? She's kind of usurped uh, what was um, Gloria Hall's uh, level of fame uh, at the bar. She's she's the, the it girl at the moment and whatnot. Uh, she's the one who gets all the big crowds. She does the, the, the numbers and whatnot. I believe uh, the first time that she performs... She does the song that has the title in it. She does Death Drop Gorgeous, if I'm not mistaken. She, she does. does. All right. She does. The funny thing about that scene, that was one of the, this was almost when I turned the movie off. Oh, seriously? Because, because I'm like, this isn't great. She's not great. I've learned over time that what happened was the song that she initially lips into that they shot, they didn't get the rights to. Oh. But they, could, they couldn't reshoot it. It wasn't going to be possible. So 
Bright Lights Big City? Is that the name of them? The group? There's Bright Light, Bright Light. Bright Light, yeah, that's the one. They can't, <laughs> Bright Lights Big City. <laughs> that's a Michael J. Fox movie. Yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox came in. No, came in and some and another artist came in and rewrote a song around what her lip movements were. That's remarkable. It, it is remarkable. Wow. And now that I have the DVD and but with the subtitles because I'm old and that's how I watch things, her act brings something up that I, almost all the songs. Like, well, first we're talking about how I can't dance. It's like I got two left titties and big, two big feet and how she can't dance. But everything else, she's pointing at people going, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. So sizeism comes up too because Janet's a monster. Like she's like the most unabashed monster in this movie. So she's horrible. She has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, which – and I wrote it down. If you're going to have two faces, at least make one of them pretty. Mind if I use your mirror? Sure. Go ahead, sister. Beat that reptilian mug for the gods. Really, take your time. Because if you're going to have two faces, at least make one of them pretty. Bye, bitch. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. Well, and I think, Patrick, she's not supposed to be good. I mean, the off lip syncing aside, you're absolutely right. I was like, gee, for the, these drag queens are terrible. And then, you know, now that I've watched the whole film, it's like, well, of course she was supposed it's to the be point. It's the point. Yeah, because yeah. there's that wonderful but, monologue. You get, it's like you get these girls in here and all they do is give you a tuck and bang, they're a drag queen. <laughs> and now all these spoiled, sorry excuses for stars, all they got to fucking do is tuck themselves one fucking Friday night, slap on some lipstick and voila! They're a fucking drag queen. But that's an example. No goddamn talent, but wow, I'm a drag queen. They got it so easy. They don't know how hard I had it. That old stuff. I play that that, that bit too. But that's an example of something that went on too long. They could have really delivered that point in a much shorter thing. To have it go on so long, I thought, are we supposed to be showcasing some sort of talent here? And it wasn't happening. Yeah, like I said, this is almost when I turned it off. (laughs) But I'm glad I didn't. No, because Janet turns out to be wonderful. The queens, we love a good bitch. And that's Janet. Yeah. I particularly, yeah, I love yeah, I particularly enjoyed that scene with uh, with Brian, where he's clearly a super fan of hers, and she she wants nothing to do with him. Oh my god, it's so crazy to run into you. As you know, I am also a performer, and um, I can totally get you tickets to my show if you'd like to come. I just don't know when it would be. You couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> what? Did I stutter? That was kind of rude. And you're kind of fucking annoying. So, you're actually just the worst? And you're actually a walking restraining order. (laughs) Doesn't he want her to sign his headshots? Did I get that line of dialogue correct? It's very weird. That's what it sounded like to me. Either it's a blooper that they kept in or it doesn't make any sense or he's just that narcissistic. Right. Yeah, what? I don't know. She's like, oh, I'll get you tickets to my show. And she's like, I would never go there in a million years. And he says, wow, you're kind of a monster. And she's like, wow, you're kind of a walking restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> you're both right. <laughs> well, and then after that, Brian goes into mourning. He he dons like traditional morning garb, which was fantastic. I actually, that's when the movie sort of sold me. I'm like, okay, well, this is just, this is what this is. What I also love about the scene that they're talking of is the scene with, with Brian and, and Dwayne just walking down the street, 
in Providence mulling about their day. He's mourning his loss of stardom for Janet. Like Janet's dead to me. So he's wearing the big veil and Dwayne's complaining about the job. And like Tony wants him to sell cocaine on the side and things like that. But what I love about it, the way it's shot absolutely mimics the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis and the girls are walking down the street in the original Halloween. It's the same camera work, same follow shots, same angles. I'm like, it, but without being obvious about it. So I just like those little touches like that. The people behind the camera did actually know what they were doing or figured it out somehow. I mean, I know they have background. Some like a bunch of them went to college for certain various art things, but like this, they hadn't done before. Did okay, they go to family. Did they go to Beige University to learn the craft? <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. That that made me cackle when they said that a Beige University student. They always hit Beige. They they, 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 they always had to make sure that Beige got really highlighted in every sentence. So you heard it. I love that. <laughs> beige University student. Tell me about Tony. Who's Tony? We mentioned Tony Two Fingers. Oh, get off me! I'm not in the mood. You don't even want to fuck when I'm angry. You're not even a pup. You're a goddamn mangy mutt. What's he all about? Tony is the bar owner. What's the name of the bar again? So sorry. Out- the Outhouse, yes. but spelled weird. The Outhouse. A-U-T. Okay. It's Canadian. The, the, it's the Outhouse. Uh, Tony is the the owner of uh, of the Outhouse. So typical uh, CD uh, owner is also a drug pusher. It's Tony two fingers because he he literally has two fingers. Do we ever learn what happened to the other three fingers that he's missing? No, we never see it he's either. A or something. I mean, it's very just... enigmatic character, for goodness sake. Let me know. He's a bit of a, the job of the hut of the gay. Underworld. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. <laughs> he's even got a slave girl. Exactly. Oh I was just like job of the that up. Pup. Oh my instead God. of slave Leia, instead of the metal bikini, we have a pup. Named Pup. Aptly named. Named Pup. Something else I dug to about Tony and Pup is that we have this kink-based relationship and it's not shamed. Nobody comments on it. Nobody nobody makes a joke about it. It's just the way it is. That's so true. And and then as the movie goes on, you discover that, yeah, Tony's an asshole, but he actually does really care about this little Pup. They're very happy. Oh, Pup, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you, little buddy. Oh, please come home. The laughs that, that it's played for are, are affectionate as opposed to, you know, denigrating, which, yeah, you're absolutely right. Him pulling the head out of the box. Well, <laughs> oh, poor Pop. I poor know, Pop. poor Pop. It was, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Gwyneth Paltrow for a second. Yes, I, I had hoped. Well, you I know what? Hoped. It was wearing a mask. It could have been Gwyneth Paltrow. We don't know. <laughs> we, we don't know. know. We don't, yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Special. Have anyone seen her? I haven't seen her. <laughs> A special delivery from Goob. Gwyneth's <laughs> Goob. Put it in your vagina. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Those jade vagina eggs. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> jade, jade vagina head. <laughs> Tell me about the hey. cops. Ooh, Detective O'Hara. Hey, T. How's it going? Uh, uh yeah, I can I can swing by, but I've got my my partner with me. No, my my detective partner. Oh, Hera can get it. That's for uh, sure. yeah, same. Uh, I wouldn't kick either of them out of bed for for any reason, <laughs> oh, really. No. Um, hi. No. Hi. Uh, one of them was was one of the writers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, O'Hara yes. is one of the, yes. one of the, uh, one of the yeah. writer directors. Uh, yes, yeah. one of the writer directors. I might. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm single. <laughs> so, if you're listening, um, no, they're. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, are they are they cops? Are they detectives? What's their actual title? They're detectives. Detective, detective. All right, all right. They're they're on the case, but yeah. they're corrupt. <laughs> they're corrupt. It turns out they're uh, they're easily bought. 
There, there's that, which is uh, not shocking, uh, given all that's going on in this. Listen, Tony, getting rid of a body just ain't like it used to be, you know? Make it fucking happen. Hey, but it ain't impossible, right? They're, they're uh, investigating. And questionably gay. Questionably gay. It never says they're gay. It says there's dialogue to suggest that they're not, but their body language and everything else says otherwise, which I also like. Like, no, we're not doing gay stuff. We're just partners helping each other out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there was very it's cag- not gay at all. Yes, very Cagney and Lacey, but for the gay man. <laughs> well, they totally, you know, you know, they were scissoring all the time, Cagney mm-hmm. and Lacey. You know that was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. They had similarly fa- fabulous sartorial choices as Cagney and Lacey <laughs> did. They just kept showing up in every scene. They had a different, completely different look and outfit on, which I sort of loved. But always skin tight. Mm-hmm. The the line of theirs, uh, uh, Lieutenant Barry is is uh, is his, his partner. Uh, O'Hara's partner. There's a scene where he's massaging his shoulders while O'Hara's at the computer. Mm-hmm. And he goes, You know, it should probably be a lot better with your shirt off. And I said, mm-hmm. that, should be the, that should be the tagline of the movie. <laughs> I think I shouted, Agreed. And he does it. And he does it. So fuck you, drop, Death Drop Gorgeous. Fuck you. Give the people what they want. Minus half a star for that. Yeah. For putting, for recognizing in the goddamn movie and then not giving us naked, half naked muscle dude. So come on now. One of my other favorite scenes is when bodies start showing up. You know, they find the the guy with the ground penis floating in the river. A couple of other bodies turn up. The detectives are investigating and they're questioning Gloria. Mm, no, take that back. It's that scene with Gloria and Janet in the dressing room. Looks like Tony added a comedy act to my show. Yeah, well, he thought it was time we gave the people something of substance. For your sake, Gloria, let's hope the people don't give it right back. For something new, something fresher. And Gloria Hill just looks at her in the mirror. Before responding, like she takes the longest time to like open up her music box, take out a cigarette, light the cigarette. It was this wonderful pause before she just ripped the girl to shreds. For something new, something fresher. bleached asshole expires. Do me a favor. Nail that death drop for me later, will you? So good. So good. Yeah, she's brilliant. Oh, can we can we make space? I'm sorry to go back to the cops, but a good example of the casual racism I just put together was them dumping the body at Poo Poo's. I think somebody drained this kid's blood. We'll just dump it at Poo Poo's around the corner. The Chinese place? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the Chinese yes. restaurant? <laughs> oh my god! And they mentioned they mentioned later that Poo Poo's closed. I paid you two twice a fuck ton of money to make this go away, and here you fucking are. Believe me, Tony. Better the two of us than our fucking lieutenant. But we just can't keep sweeping bodies under Oriental rugs. I mean, Poo Poo's went out of business after we dumped that junkie. <laughs> 
And I'm sure it was good food. Yes, I'm sure it was great food. As with, a result. With I a know. name like Poo Poo, how could it not be good? The same. <laughs> it's like Smuckers. <laughs> that was so funny to me. They just Speaking of local restaurants, oh, during Big and, <laughs> and they put it they put it they put oh, it in no. an oriental rug too, don't forget. They wrapped they wrapped the First pick them up in the oriental rug and put it in poop. People will be numb. Well, you the can't put it in a normal rug because they'll know yeah. it didn't come from poop. Right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I just had to make space. No, no, that's a good observation. I, 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 I keep that's one of those things I write down that I forget about. My other, my other favorite local establishment comes up during bingo. These bingo scenes are so wonderful because they're just so painful. Like the glory is just so over anything, like everything. The customers are awful. And some guy's been calling bingo for like three minutes and she's been ignoring him. I-28. Bingo. You left me. You left me this fucking shithole. It's an embarrassment of a legacy. Bingo. Look at your drag daughter now, Ma. Legendary. Hey, lady, I said bingo. Congratulations. You have won a free app at Papa Fagatoni's on the hill. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Not Papa Fagatoni's on Maple, the one. (laughs) They were chained. Manja. <laughs> that was great. An app. It wasn't even an entree. It's an app. An app. <laughs> that was genius. Dear listeners, I'm not going to put in a warning because from here on out, there will be spoilers because we can't really talk about the movie without talking about the ending. The movie is currently streaming on Shutter. Apparently, it's on Tubi as well. Tubi. So please. Go find it there and come back and come listen to the end of the show. You've got 10 seconds to go and get out of here. Sybil Shepard. <laughs> Peter, you want to explain that joke? <laughs> Did you just sing Sybil Shepard? Oh, Lord. Okay. I it, it, involve, it it's, involves – It's one of the things that brought us okay. together. It involves <laughs> Bill and Gloria Gaither music, which is another big baggy reference. But maybe only if you're from the Midwest. Anyway. Hello, this is Patrick from the future. Okay, nobody really cares, but Peter and I were both in the New York City Gay Men's Chorus together. For one Christmas concert, we had to sing a hymn called Gentle Shepherd. It was a dirge. It was boring. I hated it. We had spent like the entire rehearsal on it, like three and a half hours, and I just started singing Simple Shepherd instead of Gentle Shepherd. Peter lost his shit, and we've been friends ever since. So was the joke worth it for me to hold up the whole show to do this insert? Not particularly, but you know what? It's been more than 10 seconds now, so if you're still around and you get the movie spoiled for you, it's not my fault. Back to the show. We still have so much to talk about about this movie. I have so much... I'm oh, realizing okay, well, I'm sorry. We, I'm sorry. Maybe I jumped the gun a bit. But what do you want to talk about, Peter? Oh no, I don't. I mean, we there's a lot, so let's keep going because we're okay, not going to. That it's a testament to this film that we're not going to hit it all. There's just a lot. No, you can't hit it all. That's why I. That's why I've tried to record this twice before, and that ran into the problem. Like plot by plot, like it was three hours long and just incomprehensible because it jumps around so much. Not in a bad way, but like I said, there's lots of moving parts. But um, the ending, you're right. The reveal does come a little early, but I do like we get a journey once the killer's revealed. There's, there's places that we go. 
this scene with Brian and Gloria, where the reveal happens, I love every bit of it because Brian is a fucking monster. <laughs> like he he shows up at Gloria's house unannounced because he's doing he's got a part in some movie or something or a play, and he's like, "Well, well, Gloria can help me." Doesn't ask, shows up and demands help. I'm auditioning for a new role. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's this weird, like, alcoholic, abrasive, has-been character. I was thinking about maybe asking Gloria Hole. Maybe help me with some, uh, character tips and study. Teach me how to be an aging drag queen. Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off. She, she's just trying to make fruit salad for bingo. She did drink her whiskey like a normal human being. Like you do on a Tuesday. I understand your drag. It's old Hollywood, it's sleepy, but, but just a little sleepy. It's literally perfect for my character. It's the glamour, it's the balance, it's, it's what divas were all about. And I mean, it is a little dated and stuff, but of course, the thing about drag Would you is- excuse me for a second? I have to go finish getting ready for bingo. She goes to, she's had enough of him. She's like, I gotta go tend to the fruit salad for bingo. And while she's gone, he goes into her closet and starts trying on her shit. Who does that? Nobody. No. <laughs> no. That's not okay. No boundaries, Brian. That's not okay. So when she showed up and winds up stabbing him, I was like, she might not be the killer. Even if she's not the killer that we've been tracking this whole time, I don't blame her for what she just did. Take him out. And I love Brian. I love Christopher Delpy. Kill his ass. <laughs> Bravo, bitch. It's interesting you said that. When that happened, I thought, well, oh, this is a red herring. She's not actually the killer. She's an ass uh, accessory or something. Gloria is never an accessory. She's the whole outfit. She's an ensemble. <laughs> Uh, no, no, she's she's the killer the whole time. What has she been doing? Why is she killing all these people? She is collecting their blood. She is draining the blood of her victims so that she can bathe in it in a sort of spell sort of situation, a ritual, if you will. An Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bathory situation, <laughs> if you want to speak it from historical yes. context. So she can uh, submerge herself in their blood and rejuvenate her her essence, her life, etc. Because she's she's old. She old. She old. She old. <laughs> so old. And the twist is that it works. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a supernatural element added in the last twenty minutes of the movie. And this when I this another point where I'm like, okay, where are we now? What I didn't catch for a very long time and through several viewings is that when Gloria comes back, it's a totally different actor. Is it really? Mm-hmm. It's a Providence drag queen, Nini Nothing. Who, if you were local, you would recognize. But I've told the boys this too. It's like I didn't, I didn't know that, but it didn't matter. Drag queens are masters of illusions. So if if they don't quite look the same from time to time, I'm not. You know, she did come out looking different, but not different enough to say. I don't know what she looks like underneath it. Right. So, you know, now that you say that, I just assumed they'd put. <laughs> I thought they'd just put filler because I could tell it was a different face. I just thought they'd put fillers in the same actor. So bravo. I. I thought that it was the same person just with some little a little work done. And you would have thought, which I think Jason was alluding to earlier, you would have thought that the movie would have ended with her taking the stage again at the club. I love all this, too. When she goes back to the club and not just kills Janet in her death drop, you finally get the title death drop. I'm not going to tell you what happens because it's pretty awesome. 
She gets to perform like the audience. The audience is covered with blood. You got oh, you got all those awful bachelorette <laughs> party women. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and, and they're awful. This, somebody dies in front of them. They're splattered with blood and they're screaming. And once Gloria starts singing, it they're gone. Everybody's hypnotized. She's singing this siren song. It's amazing. Well, and they they alert Tony right, and Tony just says like, "Oh, you know what the fuck? Just put Rosebud in the." So like, Janet's even to the dead. End. Yeah, but it's a full house, right? I think Janet's dead. There's blood everywhere. Full house, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even to the end, nobody seems to really give a shit about. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody gives a yeah. shit. Nobody cares about anybody in this movie. <laughs> yeah, but the rampage isn't done. I no. loved one of my favorite shots of the movie is when her like we see Gloria sitting in the like her, the whole thing that of her preparing to get into the tub. She's at the the mirror smoking her last cigarette and drinking her wine and just kind of laughing to herself. Wonderful journey. You go on just the silent journey, but she gets in the tub and we see her have her cigarette and she submerges herself except for the cigarette, which is great. But when she comes out, we've seen her hands cause she's been holding the wine and she's got these nails that are like six inches long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Girl. Hello. This is Patrick from the future again. It was here in the recording, dear listener, that Patrick got so excited about seeing the brand new Gloria Hole, this monstrous, beautiful creation, rise out of the pool of blood with her gigantic six-inch claws that Patrick knocked his keyboard clear across the room and disconnected the call from Squadcast. I stopped the show cold with my gay gesticulations. So we're going to pick up where we pick up. But we're still not done, are we? <laughs> we're still not done because even though she's got her youth back, she's going to take out these people that have been horrible to her. Apparently, mm-hmm. she had to kill Twinks. That that comes up at some point. She needs the blood of Twinks to keep her young. But now she's going to take out the non-Twinks. She's going to take out Janet. She's going to take out Tony. She's going to take anybody who gets in her way. The problem is, for me with these end scenes, is that now that I know it's a different actress, I can see the differences between the two of them that are acting styles. And like, I really wish Peyton St. James was delivering these lines. Because <laughs> Ninny Nothing is great. Peyton would have been better. But you get what you get. She makes the most of it, though. Totally. Because she's got some, she's got some heavy stuff that she lays down. She's got Tony all chained up. She's got to cut him with an electric knife. She's got to have her killer monologue first. You know, the killer, the killer exposition monologue. This community used to have integrity. It used to have heart. And you. It's on. You. You got fat. You got lazy. While I busted my ass to get to the top. And now all these spoiled, sorry excuses for stars. All they gotta fucking do is tuck themselves one fucking Friday night, slap on some lipstick, and voila! They're a fucking drag queen! Do you know, these kitty cunts don't know how easy they have it walking around Providence with no regard for the real queens who sacrificed it all. Have, have you ever thought about their shelf life? Huh? Huh? These little show puppies of yours pounding their vaginas into the ground. You don't think that people are going to get bored of that same fucking rub it up step Vicky Minaj bullshit every goddamn night? How long did I entertain your club for? How long did I keep the people coming? I built that stage from the ground up and you... You... You thought that I expired. (laughs) No! No, 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 Tony! I am forever. 
We used to have integrity. We used to care about each other. Nobody gives a shit anymore. And you're part of the problem, Tony. You birthed this city to the ground, and tonight I'm just scattering the ashes. You still don't get it, do you? 1984. Your bar was raided every night by cops. Do you remember that, Tony? You remember when they bum-rushed me on stage? Did I ever stop singing? Did I ever miss a note? No. The show went on. Bloody-faced and handcuffed. You should remember. I always finish my number. That was good. That was good. It's beautiful. And her tuck is everlasting now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My tuck is everlasting. That was a great line. But the reveal that Gloria is this monster isn't the only reveal. There's more to it. How did how did Gloria get like this? Well, that we don't know till the very, very end over the credits, correct? Stick to the credits, kids. Exactly. (laughs) But we still have to have a whole confrontation scene between the two main characters who've essentially been having two separate sort of experiences and now all of a sudden come together. Right. Dwayne is our final Mm -hmm. girl, so to speak. There's this huge final battle where he's trying to save Tony and save the day and stop Gloria. And they had this final battle. Lots of great lines going on here. What was interesting to me is we don't really see the two of them share much screen time prior to that. Like they kind of, they're on their own separate journeys throughout the whole movie. And then they kind of randomly overlap over, over that moment right there. Well, yeah. I mean, the only times that you see him and him and Gloria, it's really in passing. And she, that's one of the times she never gets his name right. And in, in the middle of the movie where you've seen that they've encountered each other several times that you've seen her buy drinks from him multiple times. She sees him across the street and he's like, hi, Gloria. And she goes, I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, I guess the first time they, we, we, see the, we see them together. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, but it was outside of the bar. It was, the, you right. know, it was but you know, he doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't matter to her. Mm-hmm. He's not on the radar. Right. So he doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the same kind of exclusion in the community that we see all the time. People who matter and people who don't. But what I loved about this confrontation is like what like they they're, they fight and it's it's all well done. It's considering the budget. I love all the lighting and all this too. Like a lot of people call this a giallo. I'll call it giallo inspired because uh, it's a killer in a black glove and it follows some of the Italian movie patterns. But the lighting, like the, the saturated colors for all the finale, totally. is great. Very very mm-hmm. um very argento. Mm-hmm. In the battle, at some point, Dwayne says to her, you're a monster. You're a fucking monster. So is Tony. So is Janet. And I bet, deep down inside, you are too. Now finish the goddamn number! You're a monster too. And the thing is, he is. Like Dwayne, Dwayne, we know considering he's kind of the focal point of the movie, he's like he's the uh, he's the glue that puts all these worlds together. We don't know much about him. He's not really drawn out well, but we've seen enough. Like he's always he like normally oh, the final character is always super nice and super virtuous and blah blah blah. But we've got a couple of scenes where I'm going like there's that scene where he gets mad and he goes off to a different bar. And he hooks up with the guy in the bathroom and doesn't blow and gives him a blowjob and then like freaks out because the guy paid attention to somebody else and then beats him up like you're not well either. 
You're not so squeaky clean either. The, the message that we're all monsters was, was a nice one. I bet he had a monstrous existence up in Maine. It's Stephen King country for a reason. This is true. <laughs> lesbians and monsters. Is all you got there. If we didn't have the lesbians keeping control of the monsters, <laughs> the monsters would, would, would just invade the rest of the, of the world. And thank you, lesbians. <laughs> I'm going to get somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with the lesbians, Patrick. Patrick loves lesbians. <laughs> Well, I do love lesbians. I do love my lesbian sisters, and I love their strength, and I love that they they well, they're, they're, they got more tighter community than we do. That's yeah, for damn sure. Yeah. And I said, we're talking about the dark side of the rainbow, and here we are. We're, we're fighting between our species. I was well. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Cut cut that part out. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Peter pulls off his beard. And he's like, I've been a lesbian the whole time. <laughs> Where's my flannel? <laughs> I'm sweating. Oh, oh, can I make a random observation? I loved it. So the killer, you know, at one point we were going to be sort of treated to a scream, like sort of masked sort of killer, but then they didn't really follow through with that. But I did love the look, the, it were the drones from the black hole. Remember the Disney movie? That's what it sort of reminded me of the mirror shield. And so I, I thought that was sort of a missed opportunity to I, I don't know if they were trying to go for that or it got cut, but the the whole mass killer. Oh, they absolutely were going with that. I don't know. <laughs> if you talk to anything, they'd be yeah. like, yeah, sure. Huh? <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up because I didn't want to mention that they they do introduce this mask in a couple of kill scenes, uh, this mirror mask, which could have been iconic, but they didn't use it right. And it, it wasn't consistent and like it wasn't featured enough. And it's a shame because there were these videos in the early days of uh, YouTube that um, featured a drag queen walking down the streets of some city, like New Orleans or something, decked out, looking like a beautiful woman. Well, actually, it might not have been a drag queen. It might have been a woman. I don't know. And people would be catcalling. When turn around, it was just this mirror face, and people would freak the fuck out. And it, it, they were scary. Like, it was just very strange to watch. Like It was a very shocking mm-hmm. image to just see like somebody wearing totally normal clothes and just no face. It <laughs> uh, didn't happen. Yeah, but it didn't happen. So why are we talking about it? Yeah. Fail. <laughs> no, and no. You know what? It'd probably be really hard to light. Right. Probably always catching the camera in it. You know, if you don't have a CGI budget to fix that sort of thing, it probably probably caused more problems mm-hmm. than it solved. But they tried. They tried. So I'll, I'll always go for a filmmaker that shoots for the moon and misses. Then one who goes for the same old, same old. So right, and this exactly. does a lot of that. And this does feature some things you've never seen before. I mean. Just Tony drinking wine out of the dog dish alone. I was like, how have I seen so much shit? And yet I've never seen that. (laughs) It was great. Right. Yes. Yes. One of my other favorite parts is when uh, that that, the guy who gets his dick ground off uh, blows off Brian and Dwayne and says, I'm out of here. Ciao. And the fact that they quoted verbatim, one of my favorite moments of the Brady Bunch was when Jan rides off on a bicycle and goes, ciao. And Marshall goes, ciao. Who says ciao? They quoted that verbatim. <laughs> I was very happy. So you know what? I'm going to go get a drink and you guys do your own thing. Ciao. Ciao? Who even says ciao anymore? But then they iced the cake with, I douched for this. <laughs> Douched for this. <laughs> I felt both attacked and seen. <laughs> yes. There were some lines to lines too that were either genius or just 
so enigmatic that I don't think there was like, you've been talking so long. You're on the rag now. What does that have to <laughs> I Like that's a, either a great line or a terrible one. I can't figure it out. <laughs> the fact that it's stuck in your head, I'm going to say that means it's a good one. It's been like about 28 days or something of talking. <laughs> <laughs> it has been many moons of you talking. <laughs> At any rate, don't be such a lame Miz. Made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> well, there's so many of them, and something I noticed on my last time to oh well, what we didn't get into with the ending is that we said that there's more. It's all this like there's this final battle, but then there's more. Like we get a six months later thing, and it's this Thelma and Louise. <laughs> situation the glory is driving out of town goodbye provincetown i'm taking over so she's not dead i'm dead not dead even though we saw her get her head bashed in with the baby jesus right something i've never seen before <laughs> and, and she's driving out of town and she's talking to somebody and there's somebody behind a map in the passenger seat we're like and it's tragedy mm-hmm. tragedy mm-hmm. and the way that, so it's like so if it's gonna be you and me forever what are we gonna do with our time and like talking about her, how, how do we do this do we hey, like well you have to touch up every now and then we need we're gonna need more blood every now and then so tragedy mm-hmm. knows. I'm like, wait, but what happened? So I was confused at that part. I'm like, what? And then the movie ended. And I was like, what? The title came up, dropped it, uh, Death Drop Gorgeous. I'm like, what? What? what, what? But then we, we do more. get more. We get a flashback to before the movie even started. <laughs> so just some random scene at the bar. But basically, like, Gloria shows up at the bar. It's another shitty night. It's another shitty night at the bar. And she's like, oh, she said something along the lines. I ought to be young. I ought to live forever or something. Be young forever. And tragedy bites her finger and sticks it in Gloria's mouth. <laughs> Blend her mouth, turn her into whatever tragedy is. It's kind of a vampire, kind of not. I love it. It was was cute. It was cute. So it was tragedy the whole time. But it's hinted at the whole movie. There are so many lines like, "Um, you can always find beauty in tragedy. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yeah. What is your name again? I'm tragedy. I understand that this is a very stressful time for you, but for the record, we got to know your name. I... Am tragedy. I am tragedy, and she is. It's not just her name; it's what she's all about. There, there was so many lines about tragedy that it was hinting at. Look at her tragedy with an eye. You can't hear the eye in my in my voice, but it's tragedy with an eye over here. It's the one you should be looking at. It's a fun little movie. Great soundtrack. All independent queer bands. So win win all along. Can I ask a question? Who did you? Because uh, obviously we're going to have a reveal. We've got a paper like Hello Dolly style, like a paper up in front of the face, and we're going to have a reveal. Carol Channing. <laughs> Carol Channing. But who who did you? Because they get they gave us as the audience enough time to to guess who it might be. Did you guys guess tragedy? I had an inkling a little bit earlier when we're going to see Gloria now in, in her new Gloria form, perform on stage. There's a shot of someone in a red-gloved hand turning the mic, turning the uh, the lights and, and sound up. I was like, oh, that's that's not her. That's somebody else. Somebody else is is complicit uh, uh, in this uh, this moment. So I was like, okay. I only caught that this time through. So yeah, good eye. Good yeah, eye. just then. At that point, I wasn't really, I was just on board. Like, I'm, like, I'm not guessing. It, is, it, could, it could literally be anybody. It could have been literally, like RuPaul could have been behind there for all I knew. It just happy passing through. There's so many surprises, and this really could have been anybody, but I was so happy it was tragedy. I'm like, of course it's tragedy. Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I invested in you for a reason. I knew you had more in you. Me too. I, I Always the most interesting person. I assumed it was going to be somebody who had died that had somehow been resurrected, but 
Yeah, but no, mm. well done, filmmakers, because I, I didn't guess tragedy. It was Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> Putting her head back on. <laughs> but I very much appreciate that they leave it open for potential sequels. Let's make this um, a trilogy, maybe. I don't know. They don't even have to be horror sequels. They could just be comedies about those two on the road. You Funny know, comedy. It's, it's a, exactly. It's um. It's a death becomes her now. Right. They're on different cycles. They have to wait for their cycles to, to match up. You know, the, 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 their blood their blood cycles. <laughs> see what you did there. You see exactly what you did I there. What, I liked it. I see what I did there. The hashtag I swallowed. Um, <laughs> My God. There's this wonderful, one of the wonderful, awful cringe moments, but in the best possible way. Like Gloria early on, somebody asks. What happened to Gloria? She used to be a star. What happened to Gloria? Whiskey, gravity, and basic song choices. So <laughs> Gloria was savage, accurate, but savage. <laughs> but Gloria decides, she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to revamp my act. I'm going to do something new, something new on the radio. And like, the act is just painful. She's doing this song called Hashtag I Swallow in the most ridiculous, like, I don't know. It was like the D-Light outfit from hell. I just, just falling off her heels. It's so everyone's pointing and laughing. It's the carry moment mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there was another great line, and out of context, it's still great. Uh, Tony at one point says something about, "Oh, I can't do that with my motherfucking angina." <laughs> just to drop, <laughs> to, to, to drop angina just <laughs> randomly there, like AFib or angina will always get a laugh, you know. <laughs> I think he's trying to pick up the what is ends up being the head of his pup, right? Which it's like, oh, huh. Aww, poor pup. But, poor because pup. we already knew, we already knew that pup's head was in there. But then he's complaining about his angina. I'm like, oh, honey, you got lots more to worry about here in a second. <laughs> I thought he said, you can't expect me to do that with my hand, Gina. Like talking about his fingers. I don't. Oh, they, we're both right. <laughs> hand, Gina. I like it. <laughs> you get a new ICD. I guess that would be more if he had stigmata. I got nothing. I'm awful. I'm gonna be over here now. Angina would be a great, great drag name, though. I must say, <laughs> done or Antgina, maybe. Antgina. Ant- yes. <laughs> I think we've done the movie. I think we've done the movie. We haven't wet their whistles by now. I don't know yeah, why. Actually, I do, but we're not going to do that. It's not, not that kind of podcast. Most of my things I wanted to talk about, we did, which is is a credit to you, Patrick. You you wove us through a, a tangled web, and we still got out alive. It was a tapestry. <laughs> basically, Carol King. We're basically, Carol King. Okay. <laughs> the movie is. I'm going to recommend it to people, but I will say it's a maybe somewhat limited audience. This isn't one you maybe recommend to Aunt Joan. No, 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 no. That's why I always say it's like it's if John Waters made a slasher movie. If you like John Waters, you'll like this. It's the mm-hmm. same sort of a vibe. Like don't pres- expect polish, don't expect professionalism, but there's something underneath. I mean, it there. ends. It ends That's up being really a pretty standard horror film, to be honest. So I, I think any true horror film would still dig the movie, even if they were, you know, virulent homophobe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> not according to IMDb. Oh, okay. <laughs> like this movie was sick and perverted. Like, what did you expect it was going to be? That's the point. Did you watch the trailer? Did you read the description? Did you see Did you see the grinder in the trailer? Did you not? <laughs> three times. <laughs> three, three. Thank you. Next time you fix that in post, you guys. Three times to the grinder. Otherwise, it's going to be chunky. Unless you like it chunky. Who knows? I don't know. Chorizo style? Is Good that a God. thing? I got nothing. Good God. Ground wiener. <laughs>
I like it because it's a fun romp. It's got something to say. It's not in your face about all these issues that it brings up, but it gives you something to talk about and gives it a bit more weight and it shows you a little bit of the dark side of the rainbow. I get really tired of gay queer people in films having to be paragons of virtue or this, they, they can't have any flaws or if they have to be this kind of gay and this movie gives you a little bit of everything Yeah, and shows none of you are that great. You can get all, you can all get over yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Show me the ugly side too. Cause that's real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This thing that you're putting out in these other movies, that's 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 an artifice. That's what, like I said, paragons. It's like we're n- none of us are that. Mm-hmm. If you are, we all talk about you. Okay, get over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's her. <laughs> but it's paragon. <laughs> but it's also it's universal in the sense. I there were a number. I said that about Brian. There's a number of acti- actions and characters. I'm like, yeah, I know that person. I, I that it isn't so fantastic. There's real. There are elements of reality throughout it. Since we're on Brian, one of my favorite scenes with Brian, he's not even saying anything. It's the scene where Dwayne is trying to tell him what happened with his boyfriend in Vermont. And Dwayne is his best friend. And as he's telling him the the, the end of his love life in Vermont, how this relationship came to a hard and awful end, Miss Thing's checking Pounder on his phone. He gets caught and he comes back and he's the best friend again. I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly like he can be, you can be awful and still be somebody's best friend. You can have those moments of awful and your friend goes, you're being a dick and you come back. And I love that. It was a wonderful little moment. Is Pounder a real app? I didn't check. No. No. Okay. No. It wasn't product placement. No. And, no, no. and it has nothing to do with Emmy nominated actress CCH Pounder. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I. I miss things. I miss things when you know I watch what? movies. CCH Pounder can do anything she wants. If she wants to open up a gay app, go for it, baby. All right. <laughs> go I think for we're it, baby. Onto something. Oh, if it doesn't exist, God. it needs oh, no. to. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I have heard in a long time. <laughs> I figured you two repair well. You're both weird in the same way. It's in the best possible way. Brilliant actress. Brilliant actress. No doubt. <laughs> no shade. And brilliant app developer too, apparently. <laughs> let's let's see if we can get this to her so that she can she can she can <laughs> feel good so she can hunt us down. <laughs> I feel like she's already a fan of queer horror and she's already an avid listener. So I think it's gonna it's just gonna happen naturally. We're good. We're good. From what I understand, if you talk about her, she knows. Like, she, <laughs> right? She has that sense about her. Yeah. The CCH is actually call letters for the for the radio. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> too much. Oh well, we just got to convince you to open up the lesbian version of Pounder. Says her. Says her. <laughs> and no E. It says Z Z R. With know. with Z's, two Z's. Yes. Exactly. No. None of the. None of the. You can't have. You can't have a hookup app with an E. They don't like vowels. <laughs> If there's an extra value, you have to pay for them. They're not free anymore. I don't know what I'm saying. What is happening? They couldn't use grind. They couldn't use Grinder in this movie because of the prominent role that a meat grinder plays in it. So they had to do. They had to do Pounder. They had to do Pounder. That's true. It would have been terrible for their exactly spyware laden business, allegedly. Uh, okay. So boys, Jason, where can people find out more about you and what's going on in your career? Maybe where they can see you do stuff if you're doing stuff when you're doing stuff. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jason the Sun. 
like I'm chasing the sun, like I don't want my day to end. See, I got, I don't know. I don't think it's clever, whatever. Uh, yeah, Jason the Sun, Jason Pintar, that's my name. Uh, I got my website, jasonpintar.com. Uh, I've been recently cast in a regional production of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that in upstate New York at, with the, the Rev Theater Company in Auburn, New York. It's just west of Syracuse, like northern Finger Lakes region. I'm uh, going to be doing that the month of uh, July. Looking forward to that. So that'll be fun. Uh, but nothing uh, nothing in the city just yet. Uh, I'm New York based, but I'll be, uh, be upstate. Is it bad that you said Finger Lakes and I had to suppress a five-year-old giggle? Because I, I, we're there. I, we're there. We've talked about fingers several times throughout this episode and it just makes all the sense. It's a natural, natural thing. We have, we have, we have. Oh, so it's, the, oh, I see. So that's where Tony's fingers went. They became legs. Oh, yeah, fun fact. Where can people find out more about you and what's going on in your life? Well, I work in healthcare, so I'm not much of a performer these days, but I will continue to enjoy my slide into irrelevancy as I move into my 50s. So so there's that. I have that to look forward to. Only 20 more years till retirement, everyone. Yay! (laughs) Well, I hear this is a great recipe for twink blood that'll take the years right off. We've learned nothing from this film. It's the effectiveness of twink blood. I'm going to find tragedy and glory and join them. Make it a freeway. <laughs> Sitting in the backseat, just bitching the whole time. <laughs> I got to pee. <laughs> if it's a trilogy, we need to up the ante. So I'm happy. I'm available to, to join. And you can be anti-Peter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oopsie Daisy. Remember, Patrick? That's my. That was my drag alter ego. Oopsie Daisy. That's true. It was. That's true. Yeah. It was. Yeah. All right, boys. This has been fun. Thank you for hanging out with me, boys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And most of all, this Pride Month and all year long, stay fabulous. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Jason. Right. That was super fun. Thank you again to Jason Pintar and Peter Adamson for coming out and helping me finally getting Death Drop Gorgeous recorded. See, I touched on it in the session. This was the third time I have tried to record something about Death Drop Gorgeous. I tried. Oh, well, I'll tell you when I started trying. Well, the first time I tried to record, I had two completely different guests and it just happened to be the 6th of January, 2021. We were a little distracted because, you know, democracy was collapsing around our ears in real time. So we, that, that, was, that was almost completely unusable. So a couple of weeks later, when things calmed down, we tried again. We tried to go plot point by plot point and it was such a convoluted mess. I said, you know what? This isn't working. Got to trash it all. And it finally occurred to me, I have to pick two people who don't have any connection to the movie, who don't have any preconceived notions and not go plot by by plot point and pick out those those specific moments. And it finally happened. So hooray. Hooray. It has been such a burden on my shoulders because I love the Death Drop Gorgeous Guy and I want to talk about the movie and we've done it. What are we talking about? Okay. The Dark Side of the Rainbow is what we're talking about. As we said, a lot of ugly things get put into the microscope in this movie. Ugly things about the queer community. And in different hands, it could have come across heavy-handed or preachy. But for some reason, by just grazing over them in this film, I find it easier to discuss because the characters in Death Drop Gorgeous are complex. Like Dwayne, he's a perfectly nice guy. And the fact that, okay, maybe he'll occasionally do a line of blow with a guy in a bathroom, have a blowjob, and then get a little too emotionally attached to somebody he had a one-night stand with. You know what? That doesn't make him a bad person. And Brian, the best friend, 
the best friend you all want, but he's also really horrible too. You know, they're, they're just fests to people and that's okay. I'd rather see us portrayed with flaws than this cartoon version of us, sort of like what we saw with Poltergeist. Sanitized, desexed, and some kind of form of entertainment for heterosexuals. I don't like that. I come back to thinking, I talked a while ago when I was covering Don't St- uh, Can't Stop the Music, that I think the reason why, since they came out the same year, that Cruisin' and Can't Stop the Music are viewed very differently. Like, Cruisin' showed this dark underbelly of the gay community that we didn't want people to know about. I mean, people were protesting while that film was being shot, saying, no, don't, do not make this movie. People are going to hate us. And now you fast forward 40 years, and now Cruisin' is a respected film, an important film, because even though it was ugly, it told the truth. As opposed to Can't Stop the Music, which kind of turned us into those candy-coated, you know, get, the movie didn't even have the guts to say gay. It was an obviously gay movie and never just kind on a dance around the issue, and it's considered a joke. So that's why it was something like Death Drop Gorgeous, that we can look at things like the racism and ageism within the queer community and have a discussion about it, I think is important. And the fact that it, the people that are doing it are not necessarily bad in the film. It's just there. It's just woven into the society. And this movie gives us an opportunity to recognize those things, not only within queer society, but within ourselves. We can't fix a problem unless we know we are part of the problem. And so as I think Jason, at some point in regards to Brian during the discussion, he's like, I think he said something along the lines of, yeah, this character is ridiculous, but I know that guy. And there were a couple of characters in this and said, yeah, this is ridiculous. I know that guy. And sometimes that guy's me. There was that certain point in the recording where I, you heard it. I realized that I keep making fun of lesbians. In my head, I'm thinking it's all in fun, but now I have to take pause and step back and say, is it always in fun? Why are you always making fun of lesbians? Why are they always the butt of the joke? And if it's all just a joke, are are they laughing with you or are you hurting people when you do this? I don't know. I should know. I'm a podcaster with a voice, with a forum that people listen to. I should know the effect I'm having on people, and I don't. So this is a great opportunity to do a bit of reflection and say, Patrick, do better. And this is why I'm doing the Dark Side of the Rainbow tour, because I I feel like it's important to see the ugly side of us as well. It may not always be pleasant. It may not always be in a fun package like Death Drop Gorgeous is, but... When somebody holds the mirror up to you, take a look, you know, take it as a gift. When a movie like this holds the mirror up to you, I always like the opportunity to take that look and say, is that me? Do I do that? And if I do do that, why do I do that? And how do I stop doing that? How do I become a better person? Resist the knee jerk impulse to shut it down. And instead, take it as the invitation that it is to see a problem within and hopefully take steps to correct it. So before we wrap up, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to my disco dancing, roller boogieing, oiled up muscle hunks and hunk asses over at Captivate FM. Captivate FM is the only podcast host that is dedicated to helping your podcast grow with exceptional customer service and new features being added almost every week. I wouldn't dream about working with anybody else. Captivate has been a wonderful experience as I signed up for it. I was so hesitant at first, but now I'm so glad I made the jump to Captivate FM. So if you would like to test out the Captivate FM experience, you can have a seven-day free trial. All you got to do is go to www.screamqueens.com slash Captivate, and you can try it out for free on me. The link is down there in the show notes. So if this is your first time listening to Scream Queens, hi, welcome. I hope you had a good time and I hope you come back. And if you did have a good time, I hope that you follow the show on whatever podcast app that you're using. Subscribe to it so you'll always get an alert every time there's a new show. And if you had a good time, share the episode with your friends. If you didn't have a good time, share it with one of your enemies. 
And if you really, really like the show, write a review. So many of those podcast apps give you the option to, to drop some stars or to write a review for a podcast that you like. You have no idea how much this helps the show, especially an independent show like mine. When I first started, the only place you could write reviews was on iTunes. I mean, I've got lots of great reviews on iTunes, but not so much everywhere else. So please, I'm encouraging you. Even if you wrote one for iTunes years ago, write another one. I've been on for 13 years. Check in. Let me know how I'm doing. And it would be great if you if you uh, dropped a line and said hi. And you can do that by finding me on social media. I'm on Facebook at Scream Queens. I'm on Twitter at Scream Queens. I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And if you want to become a super fan of the show and help support the show and independent podcasting, you become a super screamer by becoming a patron at Patreon. And when you become a Patreon patron, you get access to the premium content bonus podcasts that I do on the side. Dammy Wonka Lewis, where we talk about Friday the 13th, the series with a big gay bent and... It came from the 70s where we're talking about made-for-TV horror movies in the 1970s and the final real way talk about what's going on on the big screen, whether you should see it or whether you shouldn't. So next time, our trip to the dark side of the rainbow continues. And for the third step in the voyage, we're going to the darkest place of all. We're going to watch a movie called Grim Love, and that's Grim with two M's, like Grimm's fairy tales. You can find it on Tubi TV for free. And that is the, it's a fictionalized story of the German gay cannibal case. This movie's dark, it's ugly, but I think it's important, and that's why I'm bringing back Maya Murphy to help me talk about it. And I think it's a perfect selection for Gay Wrath Month. When gay pride's over, Gay Wrath Month begins! So, until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place and never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight! Survive the night! Make it to the final rail! Wear a fucking mask! Wash your fucking hands! Keep your fucking distance! Get the goddamn shot if you can and never forget for one second how much I love you. Happy Pride! All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com Bitches! <laughs> Ew.